Welcome back to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. Now we're picking back up with Kayla at the start of her career as a flight attendant. Now, this part didn't make the edit, but y'all, she first started off as a flight attendant for Spirit Airlines. (laughs) No, ma'am. No, ma'am. There was also a story about a wild passenger that didn't make the edit. Uh, I might throw that up on social. And I had no idea that flight attendants know who the air marshals are on their flights. Um, Am I late? Am I the last one to know this? Anyway, back to Kayla. Starting your career as a flight attendant, mm-hmm. you have some crazy experiences <laughs> with some passengers. No, ma'am, I couldn't do it. Uh, when in all of this, you're you're in your early twenties. Mm-hmm. When in all of the, like, when during this time did you move to San Francisco and why? Or did you move around a bit? Like, I what, mean, what I like? I went through flight attendant training in twenty fifth February twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. and like immediately. Uh, everyone in my training class, because it was like at the very beginning of a big hiring process, mm-hmm. they needed a lot of flight attendants in San Francisco. So they're like, hmm. cool, great, welcome. Um, you Usually you get to bid for which uh, base you want to have, your, your number one, two, and three choice. Mm-hmm. But y'all don't get that. Y'all all go into San Francisco. <laughs> oh, where would you have wanted to move? What's so crazy is I thought that I would want to be Newark based. Hmm. I thought that like I want to be in New York City. I thought I want to be on the East Coast. That it's like you couldn't tell me. Like I was like, oh, San Francisco's cool. But, like I didn't really, I didn't, I never viewed myself in San Francisco. Oh, okay. And what was so crazy is like I was like, okay, well, I guess this is a new adventure. We'll try San Francisco out. Okay. Um, but I mean, that's what that's a part that kind of is so wild to me is like my life would be like I mean my passion my like. My like my like everything is yeah. the city now, sure, and yeah. I would have it would have totally I wouldn't be the person that I am if it wasn't for like having to move out here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, see. Um, I see. Yeah, so I I ended up making the move February, like think you know March of 2015 after mm. the training. Okay. Um, I moved in with a couple other flight attendant friends mm-hmm. who were we were all in training together. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of those girls are gonna be like literally bridesmaids my wedding. Like they I are. Best friends, like yeah, my yeah. best best friends. Your riders. Uh oh yeah. And I get to San Francisco and I start flying and mm-hmm. I'm like, cool, let's get into it. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun flying, but I'm also still feeling like I'm kind of like missing something because hmm. it's it's fun to fly, but like you do kind of if you are only just like you know there for hour a couple hours at a time, being someone's you know happy flying experience person but then you come home and then you're like okay well i'm just gonna sit and watch tv until uh so my next job the next job yeah hmm. and i just something about it really felt like unfulfilling mm-hmm. and felt kind of like a little empty um and it's like okay well what do i love and it just kind of went back to that same passion of like i love people and i love like getting involved and like doing something that makes me feel fulfilled mm-hmm. And so that's like, that was the same time as the Bernie campaign, mm. uh, the 26, well, 2016 mm-hmm. campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I think it was 
California was no longer, it was like, California was after Super Tuesday. Yeah, it was in June. It used to be. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I was like, okay, well, cool. Like, let me volunteer with Bernie. Like, Bernie is this, like, cool person I'm hearing about. Mm. I think I'm a socialist now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was what was your process understanding that? Um, or, or coming into an understanding about that? A lot of it, I mean, I feel like, I feel like I'm just like, every, like a lot of folks in this way. And I feel like I really, I appreciate people who were able to, like, decide, realize that they were socialists before Bernie. But, mm. like... Bernie made me a socialist. Nice. Uh, I mean, I, it, it's a lot of basically like a lot of things that I felt were like straightforward. Like, oh, yeah, like it, you shouldn't go into debt because you have to go to the hospital. Yeah. Like simple things that I just didn't. I always felt like this. I'm not speaking a different language and I'm not being a bleeding heart. Mm-hmm. I'm just being like a logical person mm-hmm. who has who's, you know, cares about humans. Yeah. And, and I just felt like there was like there's disconnect within a lot of politics that wasn't really hitting the head on all of the stuff and mm-hmm. it was like maybe we'll get close with democrats but mm-hmm. like it wasn't fully it wasn't all the way there getting there yeah, yeah. yeah. and so it was after, like once bernie like, like really like ran i was like wow yes thank you wow like, that's exactly what sense. i was thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly it just it made perfect sense and i that was when i was like i was so hooked and it's like okay well i i felt good about this i mm. felt passionate i want to keep put my all into this i want to um, and I want to build friends who make, make friends and make, build relationships with people mm-hmm. who feel the same way as I do mm. and like care as deeply as I do about this mm. stuff. And I got involved with, um, it was an organization called Bay Area Social Events for Bernie. Mm. Um, I would go to their events and I'd just be like, I don't know anyone, but I like Bernie. Hi. Uh, <laughs> one of the base organizers, Iris, was like, she was like, you have a lot of grit energy. And I was like, yeah, I can help do things. He's yeah. like, okay, well, we need people to come into the organization and help out, like, and be a volunteer coordinator yeah. and, you know, help keep, because, like, they would put on events that would uh, help people put on events that could fundraise for Bernie. Because in 2016, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly from what Alvin told me, there wasn't, there wasn't like a, there wasn't an office in San Francisco. Yeah. So, but did this group meet in San Francisco or in the East Bay? Or? Um, they, they, they were, they did a lot of their events in the East Bay. So I, a lot of, it was a lot of riding a lot of, uh, of the BART into Oakland, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, Oakland and Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also did some events in San Francisco. And at the time I was living in South SF. So mm. I would just like hop on a, and I had no car at the time. So yep. I would just hop on a BART, take a Lyft or Uber, like do whatever I had to do to get there. Cause uh-huh, I just uh-huh. wanted to help out. Yeah. Um and oh God, just, just I realized like how much money I spent on Jeez <laughs> Louise. Uh, but yeah, no, they would yes yeah, because there was no org like set organizing thing. Mm-hmm. It would just be a bunch of individuals who want to help out, and base was kind of this way to help organize a lot of different other people. And I can do this on the weekend, and I could you know go fly and do a couple flights and come back on the weekend and like on my off days. It just felt like a perfect balance of like feeling like I was actually a part of San Francisco Bay Area mm, culture mm-hmm. and not just a flight attendant who yeah. lives here. Because yeah. so often a lot of flight attendants, like we we can be based in San Francisco mm-hmm. and live in like Las Vegas, yeah, yeah. live in other other cities and just like come fly into work yep. to work and yep. then fly out and be done. Yeah. And yeah. so I wanted to feel like I was like, this is my new home. And, and in a part of the community. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are some of the like the most fond memories you have of the 2016 primary? I went to one Bernie event. Like I flew to Louisiana to visit, to New Orleans to visit a friend. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, Bernie was speaking. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I went to the Bernie rally with my friend and I got my little Bernie poster and I got a sticker and I 
put it on the poster and I wrote New Orleans, like whatever the date was. Mm -hmm. And I flew back home with the poster. And then I saw that Bernie was was speaking in Boston. So Mm -hmm. like I hopped on a flight. I did worked a trip to Boston so I could lay over in Boston, see my other friend Mm -hmm. from college and me and her would go visit, go to the Bernie thing, get a sticker, stick on it and like write Bernie, Boston, like whatever, whatever the, the date. date was, huh? And I just kept doing that. And mm-hmm. I had like a whole thing. I, kept, I mean, I knew I kept hearing the same stump speech over sure, and over. Sure, of course. <laughs> um, but it was so worth it because yeah, it yeah, was yeah. just like a chance to, in that campaign, it was like, as a flight attendant, I could just fly and see Bernie as many times as I want. you were a Bernie it was groupie. Rad. I was a Bernie groupie. It was <laughs> rad. I just like... <laughs> I was just like, I love you, Bernie. Uh, just it was, oh yeah, it was, it was really cute and just like so much fun. Just imagining like all the places, like on just my layover of like, all right, we're going to Phoenix tomorrow. No, like, uh, like I know my man gonna be stumping there. I need to add another <laughs> sticker to my post to my poster. Yeah, uh, and I still uh, have that poster. It's nice. like it's just like a really sweet memento yeah, of yeah, all the times you've been there. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> one inappropriate question, one honest question. Yes. Now, was it while you were a groupie for Bernie that you you were like, I'm also a bisexual for Bernie? You said it, oh, it wasn't yeah. until you moved to San Francisco, which you were like, this is what it is. I think it was it was less with less at, uh, during the campaign. I think it was a little bit after the 2016 campaign because mm-hmm. that was whenever a little after the campaign is whenever I was. Uh, well, I will say that happened probably more after Bernie 2016 and then uh, after Jane for state Senate, mm-hmm. but then Jane for Jane Kim for mayor. Mm-hmm. That, Cause like that was whenever I was like meeting other queer people. Um, oh, like, like from like just generally or because of like the milk club or well, partially milk club, but, mm-hmm. but like it was more of like, I think with the mental block with like coming out was mm-hmm. this idea, this really dumb, weird thing in my mind where no, I was like. No, don't say that. Okay, we don't no, do okay, negative okay. self-talk Th- right thank now. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I th- think I really did need that because yes. it is, it's something it's I'm like. Dumb, it's just, it's what it is. It is what yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 I, I think it was just this, this block that I kept in my mind where I was like, like obviously like being queer is perfectly fine. Sure. Obviously having queer friends is great and wonderful and perfectly fine, mm-hmm. but you can't be queer. Mm. And it was just this thing of like, I just couldn't unlatch that Mm. and it was this weird thing of like i didn't realize how like how much i had like built a wall around saying yes i am bi Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. until i it was kind of i guess like number one being around a lot of other queer folks Mm -hmm. and and feeling accepted amongst that Mm -hmm. and having a lot of honest conversations with people to be like yeah i do this and i I think that's okay, but I don't think it's okay. And they're like, no, girl, it's good. Like, it's, it's fine. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and just like realizing, I was like, oh, it is okay, mm-hmm. isn't it? Oh, why am I stopping myself from being my full self? Mm. And I think it just is like a matter of like really like letting letting that guard down. Mm-hmm. That took a minute of mm-hmm. just like unpacking it. It's like, sure. Got a lot to unpack in there. A lot of religious shit you're holding on to, sure, girl. You sure. can let that go. Sure, sure, um, sure. <laughs> sure. How would you describe your understanding of your own politic and mm-hmm. politics writ large or San, or San Francisco politics writ large at that point? Having having thrown down with base and then getting involved with Jane's campaign. Like what are what are some of the things that came into stark relief about politics for you at that point? And your own politics. Yeah. Um I think I realized like how 
big housing was in San Francisco. Mm. And it's something that I just, I guess, cause because there's so, so little land and so many people, mm-hmm. um, I think housing and homelessness were the two that really hit me hard. And mm-hmm. what really kind of, well, for me, like I just said also, like when I'd go into the city, I'd, I, growing up in Louisiana, like there were like, of course there's like homeless people, of course, but like there, I've never seen like such a like, like families of people yeah. of homeless folks yeah. like of of of, un, of like unhoused neighbors yes. like genuinely families mm-hmm. and i just would be i i i found that was like so crazy that we were in such an, a wealthy city that's right and had Extremely such affluent. such like 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 crazy amount of like the wealth the wealth uh disparities i mm-hmm. think that's what really really hit me mm-hmm. and that's i think what was a big motivator for me and that was also like Helping to drive, like, oh yeah, you definitely a socialist, mm. uh, like because everybody needs to be housed. Exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly, and mm-hmm. it just was kind of like it. It really, really, I think that really painted um, my view of politics, and it really, yeah, yeah. Can I ask a question? What is your analysis on like why? Some issues are so pronounced mm. in San Francisco, right? Based on you know your like inside political knowledge. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like... Or maybe it's not inside political now. No. Maybe it's just like, you're, you know, what, your what eyes you're are open seeing. and you're paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think a lot of it, it comes down to just like... I mean, I feel like it's like it's a cliche answer, but also it feels really rings so true. Mm-hmm. It's like so much money in politics. Huh. It just, it feels like the thing that really like, like fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even, even in having like run campaigns what fucking sucks is just how much money goes into politics and how much money like influences things and mm-hmm. like and when you look at i mean i'm i'm any chance i get an opportunity to, to smash uh scott wiener i'm gonna do it sorry dude yeah. um but like <laughs> but when you look at how much money he's gotten gotten from real estate developers mm-hmm. and like it's not just scott it's really so okay yeah no 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 i want you to i want you to we're going to double click on yeah. this. I want you to explain for people who don't live here. Oh, there are some yeah. That, tell, tell them who Scott Weiner is and why right. you're going to smash him when you see him. And like, yes. what are the issues around him and oh, money? Yeah. So explain that. There we go. Um, so I will say this. Uh, Scott Weiner. Uh, so sorry. Jane Kim, uh, when she was running for state senate, her main opponent was Scott Weiner. Mm-hmm. And he not only was like backed by huge corporations, um, by a, but one of his main... Big, 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 big donors um, has been from so many different real estate developers. Mm-hmm. And when you look at what he has at his tenure of him being in office mm-hmm. and you look at the like the housing crisis that we see in San Francisco and in the Bay Area at large, mm-hmm. it just it's it's despicable. It really makes my blood boil because like the money and politics, it, it like where your money comes from, that's who your constituents are. Mm. And if your money is coming from the people, then your constituents are the people. Uh-huh. If your money is coming from big corporations who just want to make money and build huge sky rises for people who don't live in San Francisco mm. and waste that. And while they're literally families sleeping on the street, huh. that is, it drives me. It drives me like I mean, my blood just boils every fucking time. So, yeah. t- so draw oh, yeah. a straighter line mm-hmm. for me. So, and let's talk about Wiener and his uh, his taking, let's say, real estate money. Yeah. T- tell people how 
in your analysis, him taking real estate money contributes to either the way he campaigns mm-hmm. around housing or development or the legislation that he supports right. and or has blocked. Give me give me some concrete examples. Senate Bill 50 allows the entire state of California to just all of this land to be upzoned, which mm-hmm. allows uh, real estate developers to come in um, and add a lot of housing. Just build and build and build and build and build, mm-hmm. which I like housing. Mm. I want housing. That's I think right. that's really important. And like, dense that's, housing and is dense really... housing is so important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The problem that I have is whenever your constituents are the big corporations and the big real estate developers, uh, that means that they're going to be building housing that's really uh, good for their pockets. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and real estate that's good for their pockets does not mean it's real estate that's good for families. That's right. Um, that means, you know, high rises that are really big luxury condos. Mm-hmm. And what we really need are, you know, three, four, three, two, three bedroom houses for families. That's we right. need affordable housing options. Yeah. And that was the biggest issue that I really felt so excited about with Jane was mm-hmm. Jane was someone who, in who, when she was, uh, the state's, uh, when Jane was the district six supervisor, supervisor mm-hmm. she fought for like housing to be built, but mm-hmm. she also fought developers to make sure that that housing was affordable yeah. and that, you know, that it wasn't just like one or two houses that were affordable housing. Mm-hmm. It was like housing that was more, more affordable housing mm-hmm. and that affordable housing didn't have like a different color door. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Like, that stigmatized was, other. Right. Type of or it was like, uh-huh. the, cause there'd be developers be like, okay, yeah, we'll build this housing with affordable housing in it. Um, but the people who have affordable housing, they we'll have don't have access units. to the pool. Yeah. And it's like, what is this, separate but equal yeah, bullshit? Right, like, right. no, that's yeah. not, you can't do that. Yeah. And I just, I really, I think that like that's when you're facing such a huge crisis, when people's lives are at risk mm-hmm. and genuinely their lives are at risk, yes. you can't, you can't play, play for like money with that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that really just, it always rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So... So your understanding was your your understanding after mm-hmm. being involved in that campaign and being more uh, involved and aware of local politics is that the money in politics is distortionary. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think a lot of it too is like the more money that you have, the louder, it, the easier it is to be very loud. Mm. And that was, I think, a really crazy realization. Is like, oh, when you invest in like paid advertisements or billboards. Mm-hmm. You may be the loudest, but it's not necessarily the most effective. Mm-hmm. You have to actually go to those people who you think Hello. are like, who are like, you know, Noe Valley moms who yeah. might not, who don't, who have a really nice life. Yeah. But you have to explain to them, this is why the revolution is for you too. That's right. And, and this, you is where ha- you, this is what you stand to benefit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think that that kind of mindset and organizing really only happens within labor organizing and electoral because- it huh. gets you outside. I mean, because it, it gets you. It gets you face to face on the ground mm-hmm. with people and not just some like thought exercise. Exactly. Of, like, oh, let's, you know, let's revise Marx. You know, it's right. like you have to, there has to be some praxis. Exactly. Uh-huh. Because I mean, I think that there will be people who naturally gravitate towards the leftist theory, which yeah. is great. Like grab them, bring them in, yeah. make it open, make it welcoming. But you but, have to grab them. Yeah, you have to you grab have to, them. You have to be out there to touch them, speak mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. And, and I think that that's the thing is like, if we, if we focus too insular, like if we're like, you know, okay, well you have to, you have to use all, I mean, 
I mean, don't go come in there saying crazy words, but you have to you have to use all of the right Marxist language, no. and you have to know how no, already have like read this and uh-huh. have a fully developed. Like, no. no one's gonna join us. Yeah, that's no right. one's gonna have fun. That's right. What have been after Jane? What have been mm-hmm. your electoral activities and your labor activities? Because yeah. you are one of those. I think, well, maybe not super rare for San Francisco, but I think generally speaking, for like people of our generation, like you're kind of a rarity in that you. I think mm-hmm. do both in tandem. So, like, yeah. discuss, talk to me about th- those those different the, the, those two different things that you hold and how you kind of like how do you how you are attentive to each of them. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool because when I when I actually look back at like my timeline of what I've done, they all kind of feed within feed into each other mm-hmm. in a really kind of fun way mm-hmm. um, because like. Working on the IE, the IE was run by um, one of the IEs, one of the like contributors of the IE was Unite Here Local 2. Love Unite Here Local 2. The IE on Jane's campaign. On Jane's Uh campaign, uh yeah. Um, They, like Unite Here Local 2 was like, was helped to like literally run it. Mm -hmm. And so after the campaign wrapped, they reached out to me like, hey, you know, the campaign's over, but if you want to do an internship with us, Hmm. we would love to have you. Hmm. And that's where I, I got my first taste of like, oh, this is what union organizing looks like. This is pretty cool. I got mm-hmm. to sit in on meetings and like talk with like, with like um, with hotel workers as they were preparing to like, you know, um, fight for a new contract uh-huh. and like learn a lot of cool, like different languages around, like, like, like well, actual languages because it's a lot of Spanish that I got to catch, <laughs> catch up on. Um, but, but also like learning a lot of like, what what is like what is fighting for a new contract look like Mm -hmm. what is working alongside like actual real workers people like who whose lives are on the line like their livelihood this is not a theoretical exercise they need to be able to pay their rent and feed their families exactly Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. was it was so cool to just to have that experience and then you know i worked on that side of the the, the organizing side of unite here local too and And what what is that oh uh is that a labor union for who is that a labor? Oh yeah, it's for? a Unite Here is a, a labor union for um, hotel workers. Uh, also, I think catering, catering, and like uh, restaurant workers predominantly, and then also an SFO airport um, concession. The, yeah, workers. the concessions. Uh, oh, what is it called? Like basically, it's like a really big. I forgot what the name of the company was, but mm-hmm. yeah, but, but all like the food food stuff coming mm-hmm. out of uh, the airport okay. SFO airport okay yeah so you interned with them mm-hmm. and then and then after that then I um I got a call from Jane herself mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like hey I'm running from for mayor and I would love to hire you because I heard of all the great work you did on my IE mm-hmm. um and so I like I went to work for that campaign mm-hmm. um the first day I met Edward Wright who is my current roommate nice. and like dearest dearest friend mm-hmm. and on that same day I met him and was like cool I need a roommate and he's like I need a room so nice. I moved in <laughs> like a month later on the campaign mm-hmm. um so yeah I it all kind of happened pretty quickly of just mm-hmm. like that was when I think I really learned like during Jane's campaign for mayor, mm. is when I learned all of the basics of what a political campaign looks like. What talk us talk to us about what those things? Oh are. yeah. Um. So I was a volunteer director. So I I just would call through that. Wait, wait. You were a volunteer director and still working full time as a flight attendant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you do that? Oh, <laughs> um. So I would just uh, drop down to my minimum twenty hours of uh-huh. as flying as a flight attendant, and I would. Either work on the work on the weekend or like 
tell like the um the campaign manager like okay cool i need just this day off so i can fly a couple trips and come back tomorrow because mm-hmm. because you can get your 20 hours in like a three three days you can mm-hmm. just cram that in. Okay, okay yeah so okay. i was like all right cool we're just gonna like hop on a flight see you guys in a couple days right, be right be back. back yeah yeah okay. it's like just like a three-day weekend mm-hmm. basically every yeah. once a month no, nice. <laughs> nice and it was good and i i was able to just like you know maintain by still by working for the campaign full time mm-hmm. and as a volunteer director like i got to know so many people Mm -hmm. because I basically had to call through a list of a thousand plus people every week. Wow. And you know, to raise money or to get to get them to come to the weekend volunteer events. I see. You were phone banking for to get canvassers organized. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. I see. And so I that's actually where a a lot of my like individual relationships, a lot of like really active, cool people in the city. That's how I met Allison Collins, who I adore. Mm. Um, and like it was this this big push of just like constantly calling people, reaching out, and understanding like this is the in the same the same kind of like lesson I learned from the the state senate race mm-hmm. is I learned that like what wins campaigns is like actual people power, uh-huh. not just huge amounts of money. Mm. You need to have like she like if you want to win, you need to canvas doors. If you mm-hmm. want to canvas doors, you need volunteers. If mm-hmm. you want volunteers, you gotta call. And so mm-hmm. like I called. Mm-hmm. And it was that constant drive. Mm-hmm. Um and that was a big kind of like seeing the full production behind campaigns and yep. field work on that end. I see. Yeah. I had this meeting with uh with Jen, Jen Snyder, mm-hmm. and she was like, I don't know, there's this guy running for DA. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of cool. It's like, you know, I don't know. Like he's it's pretty crazy. He's like, you know, has a crazy past with mm. his parents mm. and he wants to be a, the first decarceral DA in in you know in Cal in uh San Francisco. I was mm. like, sounds pretty cool. It's like, do you want to have a do you want a meeting with him? And I was like, that's you, a trick bag. You planned this. Your, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like you planned this. You think you slick. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do actually. Yeah. He sounds amazing. And yeah. I looked him up and on, online I was like, oh my God, this guy is so freaking cool. So Jen Snyder set that up. Yeah. He didn't step to you. Yeah. He, he Jen set it up. Okay, she Because okay, um, okay. she, uh, her and, and Jim Stearns were the consultants on the uh, Hames uh, campaign. Uh, and so they were like, yeah. All right, Caleb could do this. I think she could do that. And I was like, "Y'all sure?" Right. Again, why? Right. <laughs> I, I gotta have more confidence sometimes. I'm, work, I'm working on yes, it. I'm we, working yes, yes, we're it. working on it. Uh-huh. Uh, but so, and then I met with I met with Chasa, and he was like super lovely, mm-hmm. really cool, down to earth, mm-hmm. and like had a lot of really cool ideas. Mm. And I was like sold. And I, Talk I about th- some of his cool ideas, because my huh? man is under a little bit of fire right now for some <sighs> really dickhead reactionaries. But talk about his cool ideas that hooked you. Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest ones was just the fact that he wanted. I mean, this seems like it should be a standard, mm-hmm. but to not convict children as adults, like that, that seems real obvious. Yeah, no, but that, that's not what was happening. Mm. You would have like these kids, you know, who would be like it's who'd be in and out of juvie and like then they would like upgrade them and they would you know say oh yeah we're we're still gonna charge him as an adult mm. like that was like oh yeah we don't we don't do that already right right um and i think another really big one that just seemed kind of crazy to me was um it was oh what's the name of it it's whenever like it's like if you were from like let's say like you're from like uh like a like a neighbor like a from like i don't know like a random neighborhood right mm-hmm. and in this random neighborhood, like the the SFPD has now 
deemed it like a gang gang territory uh-huh. or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you are just a random person who gets arrested in that territory for like something like a like a like a misdemeanor, mm-hmm. an infraction, whatever, mm-hmm. like you can get upcharged. Like you're oh, when they'll you, throw the book at you because you're in gang ter- Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that. it was like or like if you're like gang affiliated, like they'll say that like, oh, because this guy's your cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, that means like or you like did you went and you like robbed a bank. Okay, well, That's, yeah. If you did a crime, let's say you stole a soda. Yeah, you from stole. A you stole. You stole a soda, and you stole a soda with your cousin. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, okay, well, like you and your, you, it was two cousins, mm-hmm. y'all in a gang. We're up, oh. we're, we're charging. You're doing higher uh, gang gang enhancements. That's uh, it. Mm-hmm. Okay, boom, That's boom, boom. I didn't know. I I don't. I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It's That's bad. absurd. And because of, like, cause especially in San Francisco, like gangs in San Francisco happen in like. Like the like the eighties, seventies, nineties, but also gang. I mean, this is an aside, but also what what people popularly understand as gangs are just like neighborhoods of people who know each other, right? Like it's like it's that's that's it. it. That's really it. uh I mean, uh and so like with gang enhancements, you would see you end up throwing the book at people who are disproportionately black I mean, and or right. brown i mean and just and poor across the exactly. board exactly yeah, uh-huh. i mean and that was the thing is he said is like there has never been a person who's been charged with the gang enhancement who is not a person of color right never then never right never and he was like we're changing that like mm. day one I, I want that to be changed i want gang enhancements out the window. I Meaning want- that's gang enhancements are is like a that's a tool in a DA's toolkit to mm-hmm. to to throw the book at somebody. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. So like it's And like- that is something a DA has control over it has discretionary over. Mm-hmm. I, see. I see. Yeah. So he can so he could choose to like so it's like, yeah, if someone, you know, steals a soda, they will get charged for stealing a soda. Yeah. Not for charged for stealing a soda. And also they did it with the cousin who could be a gang member. Right. So suddenly now it goes for like Two days in jail to like you know twenty years. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and it there were like a really some crazy enhancements where you're like, what the hell? Like- also, why that using that term enhancements is mm-hmm. so uh, cynical right? and insidious because right? that makes it sound like 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 a like a plastic surgery term like enhance <laughs> right. like we're making your lips bigger we're making them, <laughs> but it's like no we're making your charges bigger bigger yeah. just bigger mm-hmm. for you so yeah. you're welcome yeah. we're enhancing it we're, we're enhancing right, right. it we're making it more lovely like <laughs> yeah fuck off. Uh-huh. exactly uh-huh. and like and like it's like things like that or i was like wow i had no idea that was mm. happening uh-huh. in the city uh-huh. and it's like it's really fucked up yeah it's so crazy up. and i was like yeah this this guy's so he, a real deal. He pitched you with his platform. Yeah. When when you guys did meet and you were like, okay, yep, I'll do it again. Sold, sold. Wow. One hundred percent sold. Mm-hmm. And it was like literally, but <laughs> I remember I was in the meeting. It started off with just like, okay, I'm thinking about it. By the end of the meeting, I was like, great. So when are we scheduled for the next time to meet up so we can talk about <laughs> mm-hmm. um, who your top donors will be? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like literally just. You were like in it. I was in it. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm ready. I'm right. here. I'm your right. campaign manager. That's right. Nice to meet you. Nice. <laughs> Don't let you get a chance to hire me. I'm, I hired myself. <laughs> so cool. Hi. <laughs> were, how, how big? Were you still a staff of one or did you actually have a staff this time? This, this time was the first time I actually had a staff of mm-hmm. like mostly women mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um who were behind like doing all of this and it was kind of cool to see like i was like the boss lady mm-hmm. and i kind of thought through the vision of what we want to get done and mm-hmm. what we want to see and mm-hmm. i would check in with our um 
with our consultants, Jim and Jen, mm-hmm. and just be like, hey, like, I have this idea. Like, let, what are we thinking here? Mm-hmm. And they're like, good idea, or like, mm, work on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then once it gets kind of good and approved from, like, you know, from the candidate, from the consultants, I make it happen with oh, all right. my staff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really neat because all of those same things that I had like learned and kind of figured out, mm. I just got a chance to say like to teach that to someone else mm. and teach that to other mostly. I mean, with, especially having a mostly woman staff, like mm. it felt really cool just to be like, hey, mm. like Lolly was only like nineteen on the campaign, mm. and she is such a badass. Mm. So like she has so much information and like knows how to run campaigns. Kelsey Russum, who I adore, mm-hmm. um, was a rock star uh, volunteer turned intern who now works in Chase's office. Nice. Um, and like these, this is like what I, this is one of my favorite things to do is to not just work for like, you know, doing this great work on the larger scale, of course, mm-hmm. but also on the individual personal level, like mm-hmm. building up other more women particular more like well more great people in general but like mm-hmm. particularly women and women of color mm-hmm. um bringing them into the fold into this political world mm-hmm. and like making sure they, that they are supported mm-hmm. you know chasa was originally a public defender mm-hmm. in san francisco and mm-hmm. he worked under um jeff adachi mm-hmm. and jeff adachi was the deputy public defender before he passed away um actually he passed away during chase's campaign oh wow um and he was like you know another father figure to mm-hmm. to chasa mm-hmm. and like it, the way that he would run the PD's office mm-hmm. was with such like integrity and such like amazing like thoughtfulness of the community that he served. Mm-hmm. And what I love is that Chesa really took that the way that uh, Jeff Adachi um, ran the PD's office, and he wanted to have bring that same integrity to the DA's office. I see. Mm-hmm. And like to hear the way that he talked about it, like, look you don't want your window broken into? I don't want your window broken yeah. into. But you know, the person who broke into that window in the first place, if you just put them back in jail and let them go back out on the street with no it's backup, just and gonna it's just going to happen again. That's right. If you vote for me, th- I will be able to say, hey, that person broke into your window. Let's find a way to get to the root cause of this crime. Yeah, that's right. Stop it from happening yeah. again. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah that that right. works out really well and it's i just i don't understand how tough on crime like and it's just, it's the same bullshit i see with, with like backlash against allison collins backlash against chasa mm-hmm. i feel very proud to have campaign managed two campaigns that both have um recall the candidate being led by republicans in san francisco that's right that means you did something right uh-huh. <laughs> you're welcome republicans <laughs> uh it, it feels good to know that because what's you're seeing is this crazy like reactionary people who are like like looking at what's happening looking at how these the world is starting to change to like to bring forward the community Mm -hmm. and they're backlashing Mm -hmm. with the individual yeah and it is so frustrating Mm -hmm. and it sometimes makes me yeah it's short-sighted and makes me feel like you know i just like this is what my life's work is this is what i am put on this planet to do is to mm. continue to fight for community and you i'll be fucking damned if y'all gonna try to get my candidates out of office Boop. like i ain't that. happening no what uh, was the yeah. what was i'm just interested what was the math in terms like what was the coalition mm-hmm. that got chasa over the hump like yeah. who like what like what was the math that helped him win even though mm-hmm. london Bree goofy ass tried to thumb right. the scales i mean i think Simple it was health. a really cool coalition of like I loved the fact that, like, particularly in the southeast part of the city, mm-hmm. um, within, like, District 11 and District 10, mm-hmm. District 11 and District 10, mm-hmm. um, which have a lot of, like, it's probably one of some of, like, the most, like, 
racially diverse neighborhoods mm-hmm. of this whole city. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw a lot of like Asian American um, like support, uh, particularly well, like uh, particularly a lot of um, progressive Asian American support. Mm-hmm. Um, really kind of coming behind Chesa and mm-hmm. saying like and saying like, hey. You know, we are we are feeling targeted in a lot of ways. We want to make sure we are supported mm-hmm. and like actually like showing up and like in the way that Chesa would like quickly responded and mm. got got behind like uh, particularly the Chinese community in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You saw that the, them like step up and show support. Mm. Of course, like the black community in San Francisco yeah. because we're like, yeah, we are being targeted we by the police, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's like, and it was amazing to see that even even the folks who typically fall in line with London breed or a lot of Mm-hmm. a lot more moderates yeah we're actually listening and being like oh wait no this guy this got guy it he sense. got it yeah, and right. they were willing to kind of step out of line huh. to say publicly that they were supporting chaser huh. over other candidates huh. that was a big move mm. um within like the latinx community like the mission was like going hard that's district nine but like mm-hmm. that was they were going hard for chaser mm-hmm. and it was nice because like there were like um Supervisor Hilary Ronan mm-hmm. really, really came through and mm-hmm. for Chesa and mm-hmm. came to like literally every single event that was even D9 adjacent uh-huh. would show up. Um, and it was just this cool like mixture of all of like like different communities showing up and saying, hey, we are standing with Chesa. Uh. And I think like that kind of coalition between like that coalition and then also like get bringing education, like there mm-hmm. were so many young voters that mm-hmm. came out to vote. Mm-hmm. Um across the country, particularly the more like Southern states, the rise in Trumpism, mm. there's this rise of like f- organizing out of fear, mm. organizing because they're scared of something. Mm. And a lot of this is the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Let me run to the most reactionary bullshit mm-hmm. that I can find. If I feel like you can fight back that fear with like real like logic yeah. <laughs> um, and, and real like science. And mm-hmm. hopefully people are more, more like amenable to hearing that mm-hmm. but like sometimes you have to like you know slap them in the face a little bit with some science yeah. or slap them in the face with some like you know like logic of yeah. some kind yeah. to get them out of this fear-based organizing because mm. that's all it really is yeah. you know yeah i don't know how to do it yet but i'm hoping no. hoping we'll get there but no we're all <laughs> working toward that what is the future that you hope to um fight for and win mm. And how might we get there? Because you said, like, it's all about community, not the individual. So so paint a picture for me. Two big points that I would love to see that I just, what I want to is, number one, to have, this one I hopefully, hopefully can happen more soon. Um, but number one is hoping to have, like, more engagement of, like, particularly, like, our generation mm-hmm. and within the with labor movement within the labor movement mm-hmm. um because i find it's been kind of stifled and mm. so since it's been stifled you know you have things where like oh i guess that's the word where the things that, that's the way it is like jeff like my like jeff is literally his her boo my boo mm-hmm. he, he he is literally at his job facing like um since people are leaving from san francisco mm-hmm. and moving to different cities um you know the company just, just um said a blanket statement it's like oh well if you're leaving from the city uh then we're gonna significantly cut your pay because we were paying that much money because you were living in san francisco mm. so you know you want to do that and it's like yeah what industry does he work in uh he's he works in tech okay okay um mm-hmm. sorry tech workers 
But no, it's like, well, if you had it, and people are just like, oh, I guess that makes sense. It's like, no, if you had a union, yeah. they could never do that. That's right. I want to see like more representation of like, of like pe- more people within the labor union like force. So like, you know, joining CWA, who is organizing a lot of amazing tech workers. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, then I think it starts to shift the narrative and shift the, like the psyche of like, what is possible and what is expected mm-hmm. shout out to rob he was a he was mm-hmm. the guest of, he was the episode last week he recently or he was one of the early members of the google union yes oh my god rob. i was so excited to see that uh-huh. i was like yes yes that's and right. that's exactly it it's like mm-hmm. if, if that that becomes the new norm yeah if that's the new norm then you know what you're advocating for you mm-hmm. know what you deserve mm-hmm. you know what you are like what should be given to you and you, and you understand the importance of like this the 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 collective the mm-hmm. solidarity of a union like that right. becomes extremely clear because like together we can you know make sure that this person keeps their job or we can we can defend you know our pay or our working conditions or our blah 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 mm-hmm. but as an individual if I were just bitching about this as an individual like nobody would give a fuck <laughs> so yeah mm-hmm. yeah this is the dream every every leftist dream but having an actual labor party ah. <laughs> um mm. so we can have representation of on behalf of those uh, labor members and also how do we do that if we keep fucking with the democrats though i know that's the part where like i, I that that i genuinely have no idea how to get to sure. because like i i just know that i want it to happen mm-hmm. i think maybe i mean in the pipe dream pipe dream let's just like work with me imagine yeah. imagine this image sure. um we work hard to you know to get a like real like actual like tried and true like democratic socialists leftists who really believe in this movement to come into the democratic party and you get to a certain point where it's a threshold where we can shift it over and pull them over yeah and like okay cool we're already in here mm-hmm. we're established mm-hmm. so now we are a new party and mm-hmm. switching parties mm-hmm. but like that also is like decades yeah and i don't know how that <laughs> i don't know how gonna but, happen. but you know we don't mm-hmm. have to know how it happens. yeah yeah, yeah. You just that is that's, your vision that's, that's your the vision desire, I yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. i would love to see that mm-hmm. like i had to call in sick a couple times because like i have like tmi well no it's not tmi it's bodily functions i have really bad cramps mm. like in some and like flying yeah. up, up and down really makes them even worse yeah, yeah, yeah. and so i had to call in sick a couple times yeah. and i felt like fuck i'm gonna get fired i'm mm. gonna get fired because i have fucking cramps i can't stop you it. can't control it you can't control it yeah. ibuprofen does not help mm. um only thing that helps is like if i sit still with a hot water pad a hot water bottle on my tummy and just like zombie. don't do shit exactly yeah. mm. and i was really worried. I was like, fuck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fire it. And I was like, and I was talking to one of my flight attendants about, flight attendant friends about it. And she's like, oh, just talk to the union rep and, you know, and they can refer you to someone to give you FMLA, mm. uh, which is um, like, it allows you to call in sick for medical reasons. Mm. And Every just, month? Really? Yeah. I oh, didn't yeah. know that it was that flexible. Oh, okay. yeah. It's, oh. you're allowed up to as many as like, sometimes you have like up to like six per month to use or like oh, two per that. month to use. But yeah, you can just be like, hey, I, I want to use my FMLA and yeah. I want to have it covered. Oh, right on. And the union helps you like oh organize that. Every and like, woman everything. needs a union if that's right? the case. Like, I mean, right? not every woman has terrible <laughs> But you know what I mean? But like you can, but you still like get, you can, I mean, there's a range of, right. of symptoms like around like, a, you know, the menstrual side, whatever. But it's like, I wish, God. That you just, you would be covered. You yeah. would be covered, and yeah. like it, that's a thing. Is and like not you, have to worry about being fucking fired because of something your body doing. That you you can't literally control. can't control it. Yeah, that's right. Like, if there's something that happens in the in the company, like like for example, what's been happening with COVID as mm-hmm. flight attendants and like with so much job uncertainty, mm-hmm. 
I know that there are some companies that boast that they've never done any furloughs. So like they, oh, we didn't furlough any flight attendants. So we're great. You know, who needs a union? We didn't furlough a flight attendant. Yeah, maybe my ass got furloughed, but I at least knew every single step of the way mm-hmm. what my company was doing mm-hmm. for me and I knew what they couldn't do what they could do what they couldn't do mm-hmm. what they couldn't do is they couldn't reduce my pay mm-hmm. they couldn't um they couldn't make uh, make amendments without make amendments to like m- like my schedule in the ways that like without checking in with me mm-hmm. and my union mm-hmm. they couldn't they couldn't make these changes without checking in with us yeah. as rep- because we represented sure we were covered sure we were like it's like yeah sure maybe they furloughed us but like you know what the process to be furloughed at my company is mm-hmm. They first have have to offer um, voluntary leaves. Mm-hmm. They have to offer, oh, sorry, uh, invo- um, voluntary leaves, which means you choose mm-hmm. to to like you know not fly. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to offer uh, job shares, which mm-hmm. allows you to wor- work a full line, mm-hmm. but then share it with someone else, so you actually have ten hour minimum instead mm-hmm. of twenty hour minimum. Oh. They allow they had to do all these different stipulations before mm-hmm. allowing you just to be like, okay, cool, like. I like before like okay cool now we are uh we're just gonna furlough you it was like no 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 you had all these processes mm. and we knew every step of the way mm. and I always felt protected because it wasn't like I wasn't and, like left on the bridge and damn now is the time to need to right. be able to feel protected in your job. so did, were you still even I don't does furlough mean you get paid or you do not get paid um so because also with my union contract um I was furloughed but I had furlough pay for uh three months mm-hmm. and I was furloughed in October. I got brought back on in October. You mm-hmm. weren't furloughed in like April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they held off for furloughs for as long as they could. But um, were you actually flying? At oh, the beginning? oh, oh! It's a okay. So I'm still a United flight attendant by pay. Yeah, but I'm on union business, so I'm working for my union. So you had been doing union work before mm-hmm. COVID that meant you didn't have your line ever? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so um, I'll go back a little bit. Okay. So after Chase of One, uh-huh. um, well, okay, go back a little more. So sorry. No. Uh, you need to <laughs> I need to understand. Uh, so in the middle of uh, like uh, Chase's campaign, I, this is also around the time whenever like, our union president, uh, Sarah Nelson, who is such a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she was the she was the union head during the government shutdown. When, yeah. yeah okay, okay. She told off Trump and was like, you know, I'm fighting. If you want to do this, we'll have a fucking shutdown. Right. And boom. A sick um, out. A boom. Sick immediately, out. like we got we got what we needed. Yep. Um, but during all that time, um, I was still working. I was working for Chesa, and around that time, it was the. Uh, national convention dsa national convention mm-hmm. in atlanta mm-hmm. and i got voted as a delegate for my dsasf chapter mm-hmm. i was so excited not only to represent dsasf but also because one of the keynote speakers was sarah nelson nice and i she had come to san francisco before for like uh, some of the uh, anchor steam stuff mm-hmm. and i like was just i had to fly or i had a meet another meeting i just didn't wasn't able to meet her but i was so excited mm-hmm. And so I finally, like, I was like, I'm going to meet her, meet her. And, like, she did her speech at the convention. Mm-hmm. I was fucking crying. Yeah. I was like, you're so good. <laughs> um, it was just a big old baby tears in my face. And, like, we were sitting as a whole contingent, like, a whole group of DSASF, mm-hmm. at, like, somewhere towards the front, mm-hmm. um, towards the front left. And so she finishes her speech, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go and all my friends like all the other dsasf folks are like yeah kayla let's do it literally like pushing me out of my chair sure. to go like run up behind her by the stage mm-hmm. um and so like she finishes her speech she comes down and i'm like 
Hi, I'm Kayla. I I am a DSASF delegate, and I'm also a flight attendant at the same company that you work at. And like, I'm just really excited to see you. And I'm like, hi. And, and she was like, hello. And she like was super excited and was like very kind mm-hmm. and was like really really sweet. And just you know, I was like, well, hey, are you? She's like, hey, are you involved in your local? You know, you're in your uh, your local MEC, and I was like, not really. But she's like, well, I want you to call. You know, your your MEC president. I want you to check check in with her. What is um, MEC? Oh, um, like your um, like your uh, local council. Like, so, uh, there's a united or like there's like for each company, mm-hmm. there's a different like for each company at each base, mm-hmm. you have like your own local. So there's like United, um, uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. There is a um, Alaska Airlines, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. There's a Alaska Airlines, Seattle. Mm. There's all these different, like, those are, like, each individual have their own president. Uh-huh. I, I um, and so she was like, you should reach out to the one for, for your company and for SFO. Um, there's a really cool program happening that I want, I think you should apply for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> thanks. Okay. Uh, it was a human rights committee, um, like, subsection or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I met her, Sarah then, and she told me to, to join that. And mm-hmm. I um, got involved with the human rights committee mm-hmm. um, through uh, her suggestion and her referral mm-hmm. and so then I saw, met her again she's like I'm glad to see you here mm-hmm. and I was like thanks Sarah mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah so I went through the human rights committee training mm-hmm. with her and then after the training I came back to San Francisco we won the campaign mm-hmm. um, as we were, as I was cleaning out the office mm-hmm. uh, when, after Chesa won I got a call from Sarah mm-hmm. and uh, she was like hey so, you know, I know you've gone through this training. Um, I've met you and I've like a couple of times and I really think that, you know, like you're, you're, you've got, you've been doing great work. Um, we are just opening up this campaign for Delta AFA to, huh. to for Delta Airlines to unionize. Uh-huh. Um, would you want to come on board? Mm. And I was like, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's like, that was easy. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Right. Um, and so she hired me to work on that campaign. And so how it works is, after Chase's campaign, I just, you know, they switched me over. To, it's like a special assignment. Uh-huh. So like I'm, a, I'm like a flight attendant on special assignment. And that's so that means assignment. you don't have to fly. Mm-mm. But oh. I still get paid like a um, like for like, you know, what I, my normal pay would be if I was flying. Uh-huh. Um, but it's being paid through the company instead of through the union because gotcha. the company's making a hell of money. Yeah. So right. they that's better right. pay for my salary. My buybacks. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Exactly. So you so you had so you are still on union business. Yeah. You've been on union business through COVID. Mm hmm. So you haven't had to you haven't had a drop in like your yeah. income or anything. You no, I um okay. I for a little bit I was I I, I thought I was going to have to because um, when I was furloughed, um I had to well, like when the furlough went into effect this past October, mm-hmm. um from October to January I had to I I mean I switched from being paid through the company mm-hmm. to being like luckily AFA AFA was like cool no worries you're furloughed we will pay for the months that you are not working mm. directly from the company mm-hmm. and you're, you're set. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of a pay, pay decrease, but like nothing crazy. Right. Um, and then once I got recalled back in mm-hmm. this past, well, yeah, January, February, mm-hmm. uh, then I got, cool, back at it. What is it like or what is involved with trying to get Delta flight attendants uh, unionized? And um, like, what are you up against? Yeah. And how do you have to like move? We're, I mean, we're up against years and years and years and years of anti-union messaging Mm -hmm. um because the whole idea is that they're delta different Mm. you know we're a family here we 
Uh, you know, a bitch, a family will look out for me. A, right, I mean, a family will it's, let me uh, unionize so I can keep food on my table. Right, mm-hmm. a family would have a a, a black and white uh, uh, sick policy, mm-hmm. so I know what I know if I can or can't call out sick. A real family would have I don't know like non toxic to non toxic uniforms. That's right, those purple uniforms, and they're still selling them. Wow, they're still selling them, and and you can buy those same uh, uniforms for like this for the same amount of money that it was, or you can get the non toxic. The, the proven non-toxic ones that are more expensive. Wow. Yeah. That's so tr- that's that's such trash. trifling. Yeah, that's super trifling. Yeah. And I mean, that's a lot of what we're going up against. But, you know, I think the the best way that we, that you, that, um, the best tactics to get there um, has come from, you know, some amazing um, labor organizers who've already been doing this work. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane McAlevey is, mm-hmm. I think, her book, No Shortcuts, has been yeah. like my Bible, hmm. my absolute Bible. I mean, hmm. I have it. It's highlighted and underlined. Yeah, that's and right. just like different things. I have like sticky notes on each different section to mm-hmm. like remind myself of these things. And um, a lot of it comes from just like, you know, constantly being in contact with new flight attendants, making them activists and getting and stepping them up. Mm. Like, you know, having these conversations and like for me, the hardest part was I just thought, I like, okay, cool. We need to have, you know, 50 new cards by the end of this month. I'll just call 50 people and have them call. And, and my, my, my boss was like, you know, you know, you don't, you don't do that. You, you're not making a union for them. Mm-hmm. They, it's their union. Uh, it's these Delta, fl- Delta flight attendants themselves mm-hmm. are the ones that have to organize it. We don't come in. We don't, we as staff organizers, mm-hmm. we aren't the ones who are making a union. Mm-hmm. We are empowering the workers to uh, make a union for themselves. Uh, and so it's been, that has been a really cool thing just to remember like, it's a humbling experience. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, I mean, I, I, I take very seriously and I have a lot of, um, a lot of respect and pride for all of like my flight attendant activists mm-hmm. because this is truly like their, their space to organize mm-hmm. and i am just here just to give them good advice yeah um and you know set some like maybe some internal deadlines mm-hmm. here and there um but it's them to take it on and make it their their own is the way it works that enough delta flight attendants have to say they have to go to the labor board and say hey we want a union and mm-hmm. and that's is that how it works so yeah we um we get enough uh cards on file cards meaning union, uh, card. union cards yeah, yeah authorization entry, cards yes uh-huh once we get we get that that big list of folks, we take it to uh, to the board, mm-hmm. authorization board, and then they like say, okay, cool. Um, you guys are now officially like eligible to, el- eligible to vote, mm-hmm. um, and so then we kind of like go into the GOTV mm-hmm. version, which is like get out the vote, which means all those people who signed a card before, we need to make sure that they actually come in and. Mm-hmm actually vote yes mm-hmm. for the union so you hold an election oh yeah to, holding an election on the, for on the formation of the union mm-hmm. after you get a, a, enough cards and the, the labor board says okay you can you yeah can vote. i see yeah and so because it's gonna be like i mean tens of thousands of flight attendants mm-hmm. it's important that we aren't it's not just like oh this random person told me it's on a card so i guess i'll sign it. Mm-hmm. it it's really about empowering people to be like oh this is what i want mm-hmm. and because especially once we really get you know get to that number and we are able to like present it to the labor board, mm-hmm. um, that's when Delta's going to go in overdrive of doing yeah. anti-union messaging. Yeah, it already is subtle, but uh-huh. it hasn't kicked into full gear. 
Um, but it will. <laughs> is the are the uniforms the animating force behind this, or the most recent animating force behind the the people's desire to join mm-hmm. a union? It's like I'm fucking sick at thirty thousand right. feet. Like, and what? you made me buy this. I have right. to wear this, and it's making me sick. Right. Fuck you guys. It's there's Sorry. no, but it's it's the un it's the uniforms. Um, there have been um base spaces that have been like significantly reduced. Like there's a, a uh, base in Honolulu. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of flights and it's there are there. We call them their pine their pineapples, which uh-huh. are very cute. Um, <laughs> they have significantly reduced the base in Honolulu. Mm-hmm. Um, and have just really been like, okay, flight attendants, if you don't make the cut. You gotta move to, you gotta be based, you may live in Honolulu, but now you have to commute. Mm. Um, and so now you have to commute to LA or mm. Seattle or San Francisco mm. or uh, Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so it's been an organizing force around now new commuters or people who were previous commuters to mm. make sure that there's a stronger um, commitment to the company or stronger like a, a, a commuter policy. Mm-hmm. Um, around during COVID, especially at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, wanting more transparency around COVID um, for like sick calls. Because mm-hmm. again, a lot of people got sick. They the got beginning. sick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like there was no distinction between calling in sick and uh, for yourself and calling in sick for like a child that you take care yeah, of or a partner right. you take care mm-hmm. of. Um, all of these different things. Like it's been a lot of a lot of what I've been doing and what our team has been doing mm-hmm. is just creating finding those pathways of like where is the agitation huh. where where is the issue mm. where do people feel like what is where do they want their voice to be heard uh. and we just like cool we're here what's up we can help you hide your voice all these things that are protected that, that are you know coveted are not protected mm. and that's the biggest that's thing that's the thing it's like you it's can, like you can have your a days you yeah. can have your private sharing but protect that with the union exactly don't 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 be don't be so easily jerked around at the vicissitudes of the bosses. Right. Yeah. It's like the the whole uh, last year for val- around Valentine's Day, we had a, a like a for the Delta AFA campaign, like it, luck it in. Mm, that's the thing. And that's like, good that was, marketing. That's right. good uh, messaging. That's, that's right. It's mm-hmm. good. That's like well done, uh, Taylor and Sarah. They're mm-hmm. two. You know the two. I think main folks uh, in the comms bringing that out is like mm-hmm. if you like it lock it, lock in. it in that's mm, simple it doesn't smart. change it because the thing about union contracts is done by your peers yep. and if majority of your peers want to keep something it's gonna stay in the contract that's right that's right that's <laughs> um right. yeah mm, interesting mm-hmm. um if you were to give some advice to someone your age or younger about um plugging in or the importance of plugging in and finding something to do yeah where you are with whatever talents or mm-hmm. skills that you have, um, what would you say? My best advice, this is like local and like state and nationwide, mm-hmm. like find out what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Like other than just being like, I'm passionate about politics. Like, no, you're not. Right. What are you actually <laughs> passionate about? That's right, that's like, right. don't tell me that you like politics. What is the, what is the, what are the things that you like? Cause if you can't tell me it's just power, in which case do not go into politics. Yeah. That's right. um, Cause then you'll turn into something that you exactly. maybe don't want to. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ground yourself in what makes you, what, what are the things that like ground yourself in the things that make you happy, mm-hmm. the things that make you upset, the things, the injustices that you see that you want to change. That's right. Ground yourself in that. That's right. And then find it and join it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like a small club of like five people who mm-hmm. meet like once a month, mm-hmm. join that small club. Yep. Get active mm-hmm. and like show up and keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a, something that Jane told me is like, it's showing up and doing the work. And that's it. Yeah. It uh-huh. really is. It's that easy. And, and it sounds it sounds easy, but it's so, exactly. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you show up, 
and you do the work, people take notice. Yep. And, you know, you will suddenly realize like, oh, someone else feels as passionate about this as I do. Mm-hmm. They want to work with me and do this, keep working and keep fighting for the same things because we have the same passion. Mm-hmm. And suddenly like two people becomes five, becomes 20, becomes like 100. Mm-hmm. And you are doing what you love. That's right. And even whenever it fucking sucks, because God, is, it means sometimes yes, it, it really does sucks. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you will at least like seek solace in knowing that you're doing what you love Mm -hmm. and you're doing what you're passionate about Mm -hmm. you're doing what you care about Mm -hmm. and you'll keep going good grief I do not know how she does it all Well, I mean, I do know now, but you know what I mean. Full-time campaign manager, twice, and a full-time flight attendant? Kayla out here making the rest of us look bad. (laughs) I will go ahead and say, however, if you find yourself crossing paths with a Kayla, you are definitely doing something right in life. She is truly a gift. All right, don't forget to subscribe and share. Maybe find us on social media at What's Left To Do. You know, it's really about whatever floats your boat. (laughs) Okay, see you next week.